Welcome to my Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. So this afternoon, I have the pleasure to be with Rebecca Halls here at Studio Ritual in Paris. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. <laughs> so we just had an awesome session of gyrotonic, which I had never tested before and was a fantastic physical stretching experience. Um, Rebecca, can you describe yourself? Because I know you're a yoga teacher. I know you teach gyrotonic. Tell me a little bit more about you. Well, I work with the body, obviously, and movement in the breath. So those are really the areas of where I specialize. Um, I trained professionally as a dancer in Montreal. So I did a bachelor's in dance and then I went on to perform and I lived in Berlin for four years where I was working as a professional hula hooper actually. Oh wow. And doing music videos and um, all kinds of stuff. And then I moved to LA and um, at that point I wanted to shift my focus into wellness and using the methods that had helped me while I was dancing professionally to work with other people and really start a business. And so I moved to LA and I set up a gyrotonic studio in my house. And, um, and then I taught yoga for Equinox. And yeah, and I've, I've been teaching yoga for quite a long time. It's all, my mom's a yoga teacher. It's really oh, wow. part of who I am. And so, um, then I started teaching yoga teacher training, um, with the the colleagues that I was working with in Berlin so I was traveling back and forth and um, I was feeling a little split between Europe and the US and so then I relocated to Paris and now um, I teach gyrotonic yoga and Pilates here at Studio Ritual. Very cool, mm -hmm. very cool. How did you get started doing gyrotonic? Uh, I started in Montreal when I was doing my dance degree and I actually had an ankle injury and so there was a period where I was unable to, as when you're training professionally and when you're working professionally as a dancer, you have to do a technique class every day to, it's kind of like a, a musician doing their scales. So you have to go to class every morning and I couldn't go to class for a period of time because of this ankle injury. So I looked at other methods. I tried everything. I tried Pilates, I tried yoga. Um, obviously yoga was already part of my life. So, and um, it always will be. But gyrotonic was really the thing that most resembled a technique class in dance. Um, so I could really challenge my body without putting any compression on the joints. And I actually learned to move in a whole new way. And so I fell in love with the method and, um, and I just continued doing it um, throughout my dance career. And then at one point when I was living in Berlin, I was training really hard. I started working with a Russian contortion coach Actually, she's not Russian, she's from the Ukraine. Uh, so, but she spoke Russian and German. I actually learned German from her. Oh, wow. <laughs> because she didn't speak any English. So, um, an interesting, very interesting way to learn a language. Um, For sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was pushing my body super, super hard at that point. And, um, and I just felt like it was amazing because I, I could do these amazing things with my body. I could touch my butt to my head and you know do all the things that you want to do as like a when you're doing yoga from an ego-based place which I think at that point I still was in this 
place of, of achievement in yoga and um, achieving poses. And so, so I was combining really bendy hula hooping with contortion and contemporary dance. Um, and then I just, I remember waking up and just being like in the morning and just having so much pain in my shoulders and my hips and thinking to myself, okay, I can do this now, but I know this is not sustainable. And so I decided at that point, okay, I'm going to become a gyrotonic instructor. I'm going to do the teacher training and that way I can integrate this element of mindfulness and awareness into my movement and my training at a very serious level. And so I started doing the yoga or the gyrotonic teacher training and I had just been on tour. So I had, I had had back to back, I was just doing contract after contract. So I had been um, in Switzerland working on a job where I was performing two shows a day. And then I was in Denmark, touring around Denmark with a band. I was their, their dancer with the hula hoops. And so I showed up at the teacher training in the south of Germany and I was just, I was, my body, you know, and when you push your body out of balance in that way, it affects your mind. And so I showed up at the teacher training thinking, okay, now I'm gonna fix myself in this teacher training. But I was such a mess and I was like, you know, because I was doing such deep back bends that I was completely compressing my compressing my kidneys and my adrenal glands. And so um, it was such a learning process and the relationship that I developed with that teacher was really interesting and we're still, um, I started training, you know, it was such a transformative moment where I started putting my body back together, literally. And, um, and then now just in the last few years, we met up in Hawaii for another training and she invited me to be part of her. I, I, since I had seen her, so that was in 2013 that I did the training with her. And since I'd seen her, I'd done so much work. I just continued everything that she taught me. And I'd done many more trainings with many more master trainers all over the world. Um, because in gyrotonic, you have master trainers who, are, who basically train directly with Julio, who created the method. And so whenever I could, I would train with a master trainer. And then, um, yeah, I, we did a training together in, in Hawaii a couple years ago. I guess it was in 2000. 17 and I'd had a back injury uh, right before and so I'd really applied all the gyrotonic stuff and I'd learned how to heal and at that moment um, she was like wow you've really integrated this stuff and and adopted it into your body I can see it and so she invited me to be part of her network and then so I also teach the gyrotonic teacher trainings as well now. Okay. As, as well as yoga teacher training. So that's the long story. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it, I think it's really interesting and, and a place that a lot of people can relate to. I know that I can personally relate to it as well in terms of um, practicing for performance and practicing for the well-being of our own bodies. And being able to make that distinction is, is really hard. And I think that when you've made that distinction, it's already a big accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, I think for me my body has just been i've i've sort of i hate the, to say the word use but i've used my body as a laboratory so i've really pushed my body as far as it can go in all kinds of ways as a kind of exploration and i've i've done this as a from a scientific perspective of of exploration i studied choreography and um 
part of what you do as a choreographer is you you use bodies to do research and instead of I didn't really feel right using other people's bodies so I decided to use my own body and so this whole process has been like a research process in my mm. own body how far can I push it what can I do and then what's amazing is now I have people come to me and they've tried everything I see a lot of people with back injuries or a lot of people who haven't had a back injury yet, but I can tell if they continue working the way that they're probably they're like going, me. <laughs> they they might they might you know a lot of people who are very mobile and have mm -hmm. lots of options like you do in your body you know and so this has really been the and it's such an interesting thing. I've also done a lot of meditation, and that's a big part of my personal practice. And so, um which is also going into the body in another way and bringing a new kind of awareness to movement. And so I think that when you, it's so tempting to go into movement in a place of ego, mm -hmm. you know, where, because if you're flexible, you do a fancy thing with your body and people are like, oh, that's so beautiful. Even if you go to a yoga class and you're flexible, you can do the whole class and not even know what you're doing and the teacher at the end will, will be like, oh wow, you have such an amazing practice when it's like maybe you practice once a week or something. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you can get away with so much when you're flexible, but what I learned is that kind of, it's all ego-based and so it's, and when you really strip everything back and you're not doing yoga from a place of ego, it really comes back to like, oh, how am I feeling in my body right now, you know? And then whatever, however you're expressing yourself, it doesn't really matter. And the poses are beautiful, the really bendy ones. I'll always be doing those. But now when I do them, I do them with awareness, you know? And I, it, it's, it's, I've been on such a journey with my movement process that... I think I've learned that it's really important for me to do the bendy, more extreme stuff, but I've picked it up again in, in a way that's, um, I never go to the end of my capability anymore. So. Yeah, I, I hear you and I, I know from personal experience, like it's, it's a learning curve and mm -hmm. especially coming from somebody who's had an incre incredible um, career of movement um, in your body and also coming from even when you you know, we're a young kid, that your mom was a yoga teacher, that's pretty, you know, that's not something we hear every day. So you grew up with yoga a little bit? Well, I grew up with dance, and okay. my mom, my mom actually became a yoga teacher when she turned 60. She had her career, and then, um, you know, there was a whole series of event, events that happened. She actually had a bicycle accident and had a head injury, and then she couldn't do her she had to change careers, and so okay. she decided to become a yoga teacher, and she healed her body through yoga, and at this point, I was already a yoga teacher. Okay. Um, so, but when I was growing up, I was dancing, and she was very seriously committed to her yoga practice, and she said, oh, you should do yoga, you know, it's, it would be so natural for you, and so she's always been a big proponent, and when I did start doing yoga, she gave me my first yoga book, and... Um, I was in Southeast Asia and I, I always resisted yoga as a teenager because I felt like, no, I'm a dancer. I'm not going to do yoga. 
and you know this of course mother daughter I was gonna ask I was gonna say that's interesting that you became a yoga teacher as well as your mom because usually it's kind of yeah. like the opposite yeah actually my mom's career and my father as well they're both teachers and so I always resisted teaching you know because I felt like no I'm I want to be my own person. I want to do my own thing. But in the end, you know, you, I think you're raised in a certain way and that kind of rubs off of, on you somehow. So, so I, am, I am a teacher and I actually feel like teaching, what I've learned is that teaching is an art and learning is an art. And when you teach, you, you learn, right? And so um, I think now you asked me initially to describe myself and I would say I'm definitely a teacher and I, I approach teaching as a practice and as a practice that I'm constantly going deeper into the way that a painter shows up every day with the, with a canvas and practices, you know, mm -hmm. so teaching is a practice for me. You also mentioned, um, and you've mentioned a couple of places that you've visited and were living in between that you've traveled Mm -hmm. pretty much your entire life when did this all begin and was it a part of your career yeah I would say that um, fluidity and flow and movement are definitely part of my who I am you know as a dancer I was I grew up I started dancing when I was five and um, when I was 12 we I traveled with my parents. We went to Southeast Asia and um, we went to Australia and uh, New Zealand, Western Samoa and Tonga and wow. this two-month journey of really learning. I missed some school and so I had all my school books with me and I, you know, it was just the, I experienced something really important on that trip that showed me that learning also happens outside of school mm. and you can learn from your environment and you can learn from people that you meet and um yeah and so I think that really shaped me into who I am and so I always knew that traveling and experiencing myself in a new environment needed to be part of my lifestyle I mean it's a long story with many many chapters but basically knew that I wanted to explore Europe and so I moved to Holland for a year and I had a job there and then I you know checked out all of the different areas and I already spoke French I was in French immersion so okay um that was I was actually considering coming to Paris at that time but I just got this opportunity in Holland decided to take it and then after that I went back to Canada and and studied um, I went to university and then um, and then I I'm from British Columbia which is the west coast of Canada and basically the arts capital of Canada is in Montreal so I transferred from um, the university I was at to the dance program in Montreal at one at Concordia University and that's where I graduated from and then from there I started a business um, I was teaching hula hooping and performing and um, I had Why hula hooping? Uh, I mean, I just really, I had a friend who hula hooped and I, I tried it and it just felt really good. I had this real physical uh, experience when I was spinning the hoop around my chest where 
my heart just opened and afterwards I felt euphoric and I just felt like everybody needs to have this feeling and then I was carrying the hoop around and everybody was smiling at me and I was like this is just what is going on and and you know when people are smiling at you then you smile back and then I just felt like it it was like this bubble of joy that mm -hmm. I needed to have in my life and so I when I did the audition for the dance university I had the hoop and I just said hey like I'd really like to explore this with contempt through the lens of contemporary dance and choreography and they said sure you're in and then um yeah so I did that program I graduated I was performing I there was no shortage of work it was I had to train other people to teach because I didn't have time to teach all the classes and then at one point I just felt like I don't really I feel like I'm too young to be running a business I was in my 20s my mid-20s and I was like I really just want to perform so I kind of closed everything up and moved to Berlin and just decided to start over and just focus on performance, training as a professional dancer. And um, yeah, and that's what I did. And then I was doing lots of music videos and I met all these people from Iceland and my mom is Icelandic. She's born in Canada, but her family is Icelandic. So I also had the opportunity to connect through my connect to my roots through cool. performing, working on this music video and meeting this director and then we fell in love and then we moved to LA together and then um, we lived and worked there for five years and as I told you I was I was teaching so that was really for me the moment where LA is known for wellness right so I'm yeah. like okay this is perfect I'm going to shift my attention towards developing myself as a wellness um, facilitator. And so I had a studio in my house and it was very popular. I was really busy and I felt like I just wanted to help people more. And um, I was already certified as a gyrotonic instructor, yoga instructor, and, you know, offering meditation, like everything. And I just wanted to develop things further. And so I decided I want to incorporate some type of body work. And for me, the thing that always helped me the most as a dancer was osteopathy so every place where I've lived I've always had an osteopath that was on my team so in Montreal and Berlin I always developed a team of people who were supporting me while I was performing because then I could push myself harder do more incredible things impossible things and um you know just it's like being a race car driver and or an mm -hmm. Olympian you have to nurture your body so that you can do your job it's like part of part of it right and so so then what I did was I decided to start studying osteopathy and I um I called my osteopath in Montreal and I said which school should I go to these are the ones I'm looking at and she said oh you should go to the Canadian College of Osteopathy so there happened to be one in Vancouver where I'm from or I'm from British Columbia so I thought, oh, what a, an amazing opportunity to reconnect with my family since I've been living ailleurs for so many mm -hmm. years. And so I started doing this commuter program where I would go from LA to Vancouver once a month. And this also felt like, oh, maybe this is the moment where I move back home, you know? And, um, and so I was going back and forth and... So I did three years of that program 
And then just uh, with a kind of flow of events, the way things happen, all of these arrows started pointing towards Paris. And I met Verena, who runs the studio. Um, I had a client in LA who used to come here and it just sort of happened and it seemed like the right moment to move to Paris. And then so I made the move in January and came here. And um, it's been really amazing because Verena is obviously an incredible person and um, Paris is a wonderful place. So that's kind of the story. <laughs> so Rebecca moves to Paris. Rebecca <laughs> yeah. move, moves to Paris. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so as somebody that has um, studied movement forever and mm -hmm. been moving for your whole life mm -hmm. and also has really deeply... Um, enriched your personal wellness practice. Tell us a little bit about your daily routines and how you keep yourself healthy and mentally, physically, all that. Okay, well, I love to wake up in the morning and I, I mean, actually, you know what? My morning routine really starts with my bedtime routine. Okay. So I'll start with that. Do it. Sleep is actually, for me, one of the most important things in the world. I feel, I spend a lot of time in the forest. Whenever I can, I go to the forest. Okay. Where I'm from in Canada, there's a lot of old growth. And I really feel like going into the forest is like, is like plugging in, you know, it's, it's when we really remember our nature. And so for me, the other way to plug in when I'm in an urban, I love I mean, I obviously have lived in many different cities, Montreal, Berlin, LA, Paris, you know, so I, I love the urban lifestyle and I feel like the way to plug in is really to sleep, to have quality sleep. And so my morning routine really starts with my bedtime routine. And so I have a series of restorative yoga practices that I do before I go to bed there. I'm actually writing a book right now. And so I have okay. a part of the book. The bedtime routine so i have six restorative poses that i do um that really calm the nervous system and then i've you know in the book i did a bunch of research um uh, well it's not my research i collected research papers that they've done on sleep and what we need to do to have high quality sleep so you you know you need to it's hard right now in paris because it stays late till like 11 o'clock at night but True. um but basically, you know, trying to be in an environment that's not so bright and then really just calming the nervous system with some gentle breath work, slowing the breath down, having legs up the wall, um, Supta Baddha Konasana, like mm -hmm. heart opening, and really just taking that time to calm down and be with myself and with my body. Um, legs over a chair, um, some gentle twists and you know some balasana child's pose just really winding things down and then um, I usually have a tea like a chamomile or linden flower tea and then I do some writing in my journal just to really get anything out or any ideas or any tensions throughout the day just let those go and Really, for me, going to bed is all about coming back to a place of peace. And so, um, you know, sometimes also 
take a shower, obviously, you know, wash my face and all that, you know, brush my teeth, but really just getting my place and getting my body and my mind into this state of peace. And then I go to bed and then um, I wake up in the morning and yeah, I usually just sit up right away and start doing a couple of bati. <laughs> so breath of fire to really like wake things up and then I do some alternate nostril breathing and then I get out of bed and I go to my yoga mat and I stretch. I do, I have, sorry, it's um, basically I developed a yoga teacher training called Flow Mindful with uh, two other teachers in Berlin. And so I do the Flow Mindful opening series and there's Flow A, Flow B, Flow C. And depending on my morning, if I have to run straight to the studio, then I usually come here and work out. Otherwise, I'll do the whole practice if I have time. And then, um, and then, yeah, I have coffee, like obviously tons of water. I try and drink, um, you know, a liter of water before I leave the house. And then, um, you know, I, I love to make uh, chia seeds, like chia pudding. So I'll usually, what I'll do is I'll prepare like, um, like five jars of chia, like soaked overnight with um, some type of nut milk and then raspberries and some nuts and so so it's just like a quick breakfast because I really need to um, often I'll work until like two without a break so mm. it's like I, I need to just have something and I find chia is great because it sort of it keeps you satisfied for many hours I like chia too yeah I love your evening routine and your bed routine because I I know you know even personally and just what I've talked to so many people about is that you know sleep can be such a source of stress for so many people and to think of it kind of on the flip side as a moment of real de-stressing mm. um, is a really beautiful way to think about it so I'm really excited for this book to come out I think it's <laughs> going to be a really helpful tool to a lot of people um, and to finish it's called the the body navigation guide by the, the way. body navigation yeah. guide cool yeah that's the working title so yeah <laughs> exciting and yeah. do you have any idea when it's going to come out probably by christmas yeah great yeah um just to finish very important question for the my beauty fuel food podcast mm -hmm. what about your beauty routines oh well what i really i mean they i <laughs> I've been through so many different phases with beauty routines, obviously as a performer, you know, I'm sure. I was, there was years where my job was to put on tons of makeup every day. And I got to the point right before I moved to LA where I was just like, I just cannot do this with the makeup. It feels so bad. So now I try to not, I try to wear as little makeup as possible. That's part of my beauty routine. And then, um, I love what I'm really into right now is once a week I do, um, I put coconut oil in my mm -hmm. hair, like like full head of coconut oil, and then I massage the roots with castor oil. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm really digging that. And then I wrap it in a towel, and I, I sleep with it overnight, and then I wake up and I wash it. And I feel like it's just, especially because in Paris, the water feels much more dry somehow. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's the There's air. a lot of calcium in it. Yeah, so I feel like my hair needs more moisture here than it did in other places I've lived. And then, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously essential oils and, um, you know, I love to do dry brushing. So that's part of, that's also part of my morning routine is I'll dry brush my entire body. And, you know, it's interesting. This is also from gyrotonic method. We do a lot of, um, he called, Julio calls it the scrubbing. So, because uh, the lymphatic system is right under the top layer of skin. So you actually, um, it's not just brushing the skin, it's actually, you know, massaging the layer right under the skin. So I think okay. that's a really important beauty, um, beauty routine tool that, that we can all do. And so you just take like a washcloth and you, you massage your entire body dry. That's good to know. Shower. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like now like mm-hmm. you think you need the brush and the thing, but if you could just use a top towel, that's easy. Yeah. A washcloth. And then it's really about, um, the layer right under the skin. So if you actually think about moving the skin on the bone and like getting into the fascia, cause that's where all the nerves and blood vessels travel through. So when you start to permeate that level, you actually have an effect on all of the systems of the body. So it's more than, I mean, because beauty is really from the inside out. I mean, it's also what you eat, of course. Like, I think that the two ways we have, I, I try to go with products that are as natural as possible, and I'm really actually into zero waste as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just like moving away from chemicals, moving away from anything that's not natural, and, um, and also that's, I think, the healthier the planet is, the more beautiful we'll be. <laughs> So I think that, um, you know, wearing clothes that are made of, you know, just thinking about where your food comes from, thinking about where your clothes come from, like everything, thinking about like what you're spending money on. Like those are the thing, the places we have control. We have control about what we put in our body. We have control about when we go to bed. We have control about what we buy, you know, in terms of clothing. So I'm really trying to, I think a big source of relief in terms of stress because stress I think a beauty routine has to be about limiting your stress so getting more rest and realizing that like we're in this world that's constantly changing but actually through our decision making we there are many things that we do have control over and trying to focus on those things instead of focusing on the things that we don't have control over. I love that. Thank you so much, Rebecca. (laughs) It's been such a pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you so much for listening. It would be amazing if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Deezer. It helps us to keep going and keep motivated. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.